0: named our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. A good estate agency add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world class agency look you. hello and welcome to the final episode of the world-class agency podcast for 2020 my name is mark warrell from Love to Move. i'm joined by sam hunter from Homesearch. sam we said before we started recording this is going to be really positive there's going to be no c word there's going to be no l word um but what a year
0: what a year yeah uh we had our good morning, everybody. Uh, good afternoon, good evening. Maybe my New <laughs> resolution will be just to say hello, everybody. I think. <laughs> uh, we we did our like Christmas do last week, and I did a sort of like opening gambit to that, where I just I had this idea of doing like a rousing motivational speech, being like loads of good stuff happened this year. Let's focus on that. And then I was like thinking about that, and I just thought, you know what? Fuck that. It's been a, a, a tough year on everybody i think to not own that and to actually you know have a sense of pride um was talking to one of my guys this morning and he was saying that uh it feels like one chapter's closing and another's opening and he's never really felt that before you know and wondering whether that was normal i was like absolutely you know i think yeah. if if you haven't learned a little bit more about yourself this year then like <laughs> what have you been doing you know uh, and yeah. i really hope it's been it's a watershed year in growth and personal and professional development for loads of people because that is one of the few real shining lights you can take out of this if you're listening to this and you're still striving to be world class good on you you know not
1: yeah, not okay. many
0: people are so take that you know and, and use that going into next year
1: i couldn't agree more very well put my friend and i've personally had a really good year from a personal growth perspective and I think it's good everyone always tries to reflect now and at the start of January setting goals and all all that sort of good stuff and if we do just take a minute to reflect I'm very grateful for doing this with you every week very grateful for all of our guests that come on because I do feel this year in particular I've grown and developed and learned an awful lot And it just, we talked about this, I can't remember who we talked about this And we're going to go through our our three favourite episodes for for the year. But we talked, oh it's Tom McGee, we talked about this being a journey and I certainly feel that we've had a really good journey this year. Loads of challenges like you say, but I know that coming out at the end of December compared to the end of December last year, I'm in a much stronger position personally and all, all the rest of it.
0: Uh, yeah, agreed, and and that's I think that's kind of the point, you know. Um, I, I read the same book. I read a page of the same book every day, and there was a uh, line in there from like the fourteenth of December that said, uh, "Remember that you're always an unfinished product," you know. Yeah. Um, and if you can just you remind yourself of that, I think it does two things. Uh, it allows you to be shit at stuff because you know you, you're almost giving yourself permission to be able to get better and not be perfect or not be really good from moment one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but also allows, and this is something I've really struggled with, but it's become easier since my priorities have shifted over the last couple of months is it gives you permission to stop at the end of every day. So because you are always an unfinished product, it means that the work is always there to be done. You know, there's always something else to do. If you think that you're going to finish something, you'll just keep going, going, going at it. And then actually that might take you away from what else needs focus within your life, within your business. So that's, um, a theme that came across to me, you know, very recently, but something that I'm going to take into every day moving forward.
1: I think, I think that's really a, a very valid point for all the business owners that listen to this show, that you are an unfinished product. I, as you know, work with my wife, and she's joined the business much later than I did. And I think to start with, she really struggled with the fact that there is always work to do. She said, oh, I'm going to take this home and do it. And I'm like, it'll still be there in the morning. When you, I think, when you run a business, there is always something to do. So being able to accept that and shut the laptop, which has been challenging, I know it's been challenging for people working from home this year, but being able to accept that and move on and know that that work will be there tomorrow, I think is, you know, a really good stepping stone. And you know, as you say, that unfinished product, you can finish it tomorrow, or you know, you'll always be constantly striving to improve. So I think that's that's really good. So um, we wanted to talk through our. Uh, favorite episode. I mean, we could have probably gone with 10 favorite episodes, but knowing that we like to talk, I think three is probably enough. Um, so where do you want to start, Dan? What, what was um, the one of the top three? We're not going to rank them, um, but what was one of the top three that you, you know, was really effective, really powerful for you this year?
0: So um, I'll probably start and give a, another thank you and a shout out to Sally Lawson, who joined us probably middle of the year. Um, I have a memory of us doing that podcasts and t-shirts so it would have been at some stage um and it was really oh, nice back just to in hear the day. from somebody who's sort of been there done that um in the letting space as well and it's weird so we going through this we just put together a list of like a, who we thought would make for interesting revisits you know people that left us with something that sort of as I sort of say all the time, made me sit up in my chair. Um, and we had more than sort of the three episodes that we'll talk about now. Uh, and there's probably a lot of special mentions that we'll have to try and remember and make at the end. But these were the three that overlapped between the two of us. And so we yeah. thought, right, that makes a little bit of sense and to hopefully not be in your ears for too much longer to end this year. We thought we'd start there. So Sally, I think was, um, it, well, is a really good place to start this, but it was just a, a really insightful discussion. Um, you know we talked about everything from how to find business or I think she mentioned that business actually finds you if you do the right practices you know and, and businesses mm-hmm. will grow and build themselves if you grow and build the right people and yourself within the business embracing social media um, but it was just you know when you hear those people speak and you end up and if you're at a conference, you know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, you've probably got your hands in. you're leaning forward like this is cool. And you might not even take any notes, but a lot of it will sit with you. That's what I felt like the conversation with Sally was like. And I'd never spoken to her before. So immediately yeah. when we said this, that was the first one that came to my mind. And I knew I couldn't I couldn't remember the specifics until we went back and looked at our notes and listened to that episode again. But I knew that that was the one that was going to be where we are. So I think that's a really good place to start. Um, the, the, the main takeaway for me, and I promise I'll let you talk in like fifteen seconds, was that um, she encourages it's like the industry gets better when everyone gets better and supports each other. And she was encouraging people, you know, smile, be nice to each other, share what you do openly, wins and losses, um, and everyone benefits. You know, that's that. Too many people see that as a threat. It's actually a huge opportunity to learn and to grow because what someone else is doing really well, even if they are your next door competitor. You know, you might look at that as a principle rather than a practice and apply it in your own way.
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I, like you, couldn't remember till we went back over the show notes, the particular things. There was a couple of things that we mentioned internally in our team meetings from the Sally Lawson podcast that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But remembering that podcast, as you say, it was summer. I was at, I was at the in Law's house, I think, um, might have had a beer the previous night, oh the good old days, anyway um, the thing that I remember about that podcast is the sheer energy that Sally brought to it, I remember you say sitting up in your chair, um, I'm leaning forward talking now but we were, we were both leaning forward listening intently and she was just, for someone who hadn't, hadn't met either of us, I'm pretty sure I've not met Sally either, um, she had so much power, so much energy and you can see how that transcend down into a business to deliver fantastic customer service and and why she's successful. All that energy, all of that um, drive to succeed. One of the big things that I took out of it was um, about, she talked about having the right team members. She talked about having funnels for everything, funnels for um, recruiting staff and what have you. But she talked about the team members. um, We'll talk about training in a minute, but she talked about them staying in the lanes, I thought that was a really simple but very very effective um, way of communicating to team members that this is what you're good at, this is what you're a specialist at. Stick to it and do it really really well.
0: Yeah, I think she talked about it being like skills being transferable, but focus has to be exclusive, um, and that's really interesting. So to relate that back to um, my own experiences, uh, I thought the secret to Uh, happy culture, successful company, growing company was to have an incredibly flat structure. You know, your business would look like a pancake almost. And (laughs) it was partly what we discussed with Sally and then me actually going, oh, no, you know, I hear that and that makes a lot of sense and clearly you're very successful what you do, but I'm going to go and do it my way because I think that that's right. And it's only been in the last 10 weeks, so since probably the start of uh, October, that we've actually... Uh, instilled a really rigid like what you might think is like quite a typical structure within the business and the results have stayed really strong through this what we would say is traditionally a quiet period and because everybody's been given smaller remits but more focused remits so uh, I put my Mm -hmm. hand up Sally I should have listened to you back then Uh, probably (laughs) would have been in a better better, even better position than where we are now Um, but I agree with you you know have those transferable skills but put put people in a swim lane and tell them to swim really fast
1: yeah i think i think that's, that's so so effective and maybe the other thing that she talked about was that that maybe has influence you didn't mention it but maybe indirectly she talked about having the meeting triangle and having a clear line of communication between the team the manager and then the senior team so maybe that's part of the structure that um had a had a bit of an effect on you as well
0: yeah i doubt. i think the um, the one thing that, that I guess, resonated with me and, and that I really, I, again, I, I think I probably remember and rinse and repeat things that uh, are already closer to me. And that's probably dangerous in itself because you stay in a very tight circle of like learning and development and, and maybe you don't challenge yourself elsewhere. But she said something like a boss should always be learning new skills they can bring into their business. Um, and I yeah. think... When you and I talk on or off air, right, that's been a huge focus of yours this year is like, actually, okay, what can I do to elevate everything that we do? And moving works, love to move at home with the kids as well. Because that's the way I think about right? Yeah. The more you learn as a parent, the better it is going to be for your kids. And it's the same in business, yeah. you know, if you think of it like that.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, the All of the learnings and the personal development that we do here is, the reason they call it personal development is because it benefits you in your whole life rather than just your work life. So I think that's really important, and um, you know the patience that you need with children, um, and then then because ultimately they copy you, they copy the siblings, and then they copy you. So I've had an experience just this morning actually. Um, so I've got into running this year, um, set a new PB yesterday, which I'm very proud of. So I'm going to mention it. But then this morning. The kids were running around the house and my two-year-old was running around saying i'm running two miles and um i just thought that is really relevant because all of the personal development that we do sat at these computers talking to each other through zoom and um, improving our business has a massive effect in our personal life as well and that's you know that's really important to me
0: mm. tell us about your pb
1: <laughs> um, so When, I'll I'll tell you a bit about my my running um, story because I'm not a runner, as you know, I'm a rugby player, but funnily enough, we've not played rugby since early March. They reckon they're going to start again on the 16th of January. I'm not sure how, but um, so I started running in first, I wasn't going to mention the L word, but in, I'll mention April. So I wasn't um, in a particularly good place. And it was actually like mid-Saturday afternoon. I was like, I'm just fed up. I'm just going to go to bed. So then I was like, what am I doing? Got up, went for a run, couldn't finish the run because I was, um, wasn't fit enough. And it wasn't a long run, in my opinion. So then after that, that was the catalyst for me then to start running. I've been running um, regular sort of 10Ks a um, couple of times a week, I would say, on average. Uh, so last week, my brother saw me running, he was like, you're not a very natural runner are you and anyway long story short he was talking me through how to set a new PB and he said just set a pace and and go for it so um it's not fantastic but I've always thought a good 10k is under an hour I did it in 52 and a half minutes yesterday so it was quite good for that yeah man 100% so um and um we one of the podcasts that's had a massive impact on me um This year was Michael Baylor one, as you know, because everything we've talked about from accountability. He talked about setting big, audacious goals. I'm going to have one of my big, audacious goals next year to get a um, 10K under 50 minutes. So from a personal um, perspective and then going to apply those goals into um, business as well. But just on the running running topic. But let's move on from, from that. Let's move on to... The next um, podcast that we're we're going to talk about was one that was actually probably similar time to my um, first running experience of the year um, because it was back in April when we released five episodes in five days, um, and it was talking about bouncing back with Tony Morris. For me, the big thing that Tony brought, someone I followed on online and what have you, but very similar and similar to all three people we're going to talk about here, the energy that he brought, Tony is very, very knowledgeable in the sales space was, was what I taught from that that podcast
0: yeah I think so I was fortunate enough when I first came to UK like back end of 2015 I I went and had like uh, the perfect sales call training with Tony and it was really interesting to hear the differences in his uh, approach um, language like philosophy now to then because I think actually the world has moved on very quickly and to Tony's credit he's gone okay cool my practices and everything has to adapt as well, and I I wasn't sure where we were going to go with that because I I didn't want us to have a conversation just about this is what you say these are the five questions that you ask and you move on hmm. from there and frankly like he he, well, he blew me away I know he blew you away as well um, we were listening back we were looking through I don't think we made more notes for anyone else that we spoke <laughs> to um, yeah, this well, year than, more than when we when we spoke to so, and, and some of the stuff's really, um, I was going to say basic, and that's not the right word. Some of the stuff is, is core to what we do, to, yeah. the, to the world-class ethos that we all try and adopt day and day, you know, having a structure to your call rather than using scripts, you know. Um, I really liked, he said, at the end of every call, ask yourself, like, what was the most that I could have got out of that call? And then what did I get out of that call? And look at the gaps, yeah. you know, success lives in those gaps and you've got to close them and make them narrow and narrow and narrow. You know, classic line of you're not there to sell, you're there to help. You know, our one of our values in our business is serve, don't sell. And it sounds cliche, but you live or breathe it or you don't. And if you don't, mm-hmm. go work somewhere else. And I think that that's something that everyone has to adopt, particularly as we go into next year, where there are going to be people who, if you sell to them, they're just going to think you're an asshole because they're going through a fair amount of stress. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was... You know, there was uh, just so many like one-liners, and I love a good one-liner. You know, uh, yeah. you don't qualify. Be curious. You know, people yeah. love when you're curious about them. I reckon. Um, I, I love the fact everybody asks me about my kid now. You know, I could talk about her. She's eight weeks old. I could talk about her for eight weeks straight. You know, <laughs> um, but that's quite right. You know, people know now how to push my buttons, I think, a little bit, but I'm totally okay with that. And most people are, because when you show a genuine interest and you're curious, you can have a conversation rather than like interrogating them. It's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Well, look how long I just spoke about my running when you asked one question. Um, so people love talking about themselves, people love, and people love talking about the houses. Um, you you said um, you thought that it was, and you said core things, but actually <clears throat> I was listening to, I think it was the second, I probably had fun podcast and he talked about moving forward to basics. So rather than going back to basics, moving forward to basics, I think that's a really good philosophy. And if you go back and listen to Tony's episode, it was 27th of April that we put that out. I think there are a lot of things that you could listen to in there and implement into your business straight away. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. um, his, um, have a conversation, not an interrogation. I think that's really important. Right at the start of um, when people are learning the job or taking maybe the first steps on you know, trying to improve, you want to be curious. It's, it's exactly what he said. You know, be curious, don't interrogate, um, have a conversation with, with people. He also um, had some great, as you said, one-liners in there. He talked about um, ways to find out what buying stage they are who have you compared it. he also talked some really good techniques for closing and i always say a state agency is not rocket science there's a number of key things done really really well and i think mm-hmm. that episode really typified it for me
0: yeah uh, agreed I, on that um have a conversation not an interrogation i think it's worthwhile us spending just a little bit of time actually unpacking what that might actually mean because um this is something that really sort of changed my agency career was when I stopped just asking people a question, but actually explaining to them why their answer to the question mattered. So I had this Mm -hmm. thing. I never wanted to rely on my memory. If that makes sense. Um, I think I've got a reasonable memory, but I'm very, very, very good at taking notes. And I'm even better at reading questions off a piece of paper. So I'd write (laughs) down everything that I wanted to know because then nothing was really left to chance. Then you wouldn't miss yeah. the one question that won you the instruction you know which means if you didn't ask that question you lost it you lose 15 grand or however much it was going to be yeah. so we used to have this thing called sam service survey and it would have questions on there like how long have you lived here how did you find this home what attracted you to buy this home you know why have you decided to sell um how would you like how would you describe the experience when you bought this property have you sold a house before what are the three things you're looking for in your real estate agent? And I would, say, I would ask these people this question and I'd ask them like, how'd you find this home? And they'd say, oh, we found it on realestate.com or we found it on Rightmove, we found it on Zupa, on the market, et cetera, or on Home search mm-hmm. Week. Um, <laughs> and you'd say to them, look, the reason why I ask that question is because the way that you found your property is probably the way most people are going to find yours when they come to buy it. You know, if someone, the mm-hmm. best thing we ever wanted, someone was like, oh, we actually saw it in the newspaper. And I was like, great, I'm getting a newspaper ad here. You know? <laughs> Because would you have found it without it, you know? Uh, Same thing again, like, have you sold a property before? That is genuinely the best question that you can ask anybody. And when they say yes, and say, well, you know, talk to me about the experience, really, like, tell me, explain to me, describe the TED stuff that we talked about, how that was. And what they'll do is they'll walk you through how shit it was and what the other guy did wrong, you know, or what the other guy did well. And, or the all girl, I should say, although I would say, uh most uh, ladies who do real estate do it really well Uh, so it is what they would have done well but getting them to describe their experience tells you what you need to talk about tells you their pain points or their success points and either which you say well i won't do that or i do that really well as well and if they've not sold ask them how it was to buy and i'll just say it was horrible took a long time it was stressful we really didn't like negotiating and so then When you say, well, what are the three things that you want in your real estate agent? And everyone says the same three things. I want highest price, fast sale, and I want a cheap commission. Mm -hmm. You can talk them through why each of those things matters on its own and why some of it doesn't. But the point of explaining why you're asking the questions, which is having that conversation, not an interrogation, opens up so much more and you learn so much more about them. They learn so much more about you and actually they're own experiences and their own expectations end up dictating the conversation and it's not just you going through the motions and qualifying someone if that makes sense
1: yeah and that's when uh, exactly what tony was talking about when he said about understanding their why why there was some fantastic questions there what did you call it sam's service survey that's it nice bit of alliteration in there yeah have you still got it yeah i do yeah Maybe we, could share, maybe we could share it if you'd dare, uh, be open to that, because I think you're right. Those, and not to label the point, but those conversations rather than interrogations, I'm just going to apply it to a very simple um, thing that we see with a lot of new starters. When, when arranging a market appraisal, someone to the office, higher kind of evaluate the air course. Um, and we have a form, and it's got a number of questions on it, but people tend to naturally say, okay, um, is your house detached? How many bedrooms is it? has it got a front and rear garden or whatever the questions are that you've got on your form whereas actually a much better way of doing it is tell me about your house and yeah. get them talking um get we said before people love to talk so a lot of fantastic questions in that in in that episode a lot of fantastic um takeaways from from there um i liked his answer to world-class agency as well it's all about what your customers say about you build customers um you have customers or raving fans build the raving fans um about uh, in there and world class agents genuinely care about their customers which doesn't mean they are a customer it's staying in touch um and sp- i really like this part of what tony talked about speaking to them regularly to see how you could have improved and i think that's the key thing about um world-class agency is gathering feedback so that you can improve your service because we talked right at the the start this is a journey you know we're not if we're world-class today it doesn't mean we're going to be world-class again next year we've still got to constantly strive for improvement and to be able to do that i think feedback from clients is is so important would you agree
0: i would absolutely agree um if all if the only person who thinks that you're good at your job is you (laughs) you're probably not very good at it um so <laughs> you, you have to focus on the customer that is what it is all about you know um and making sure you're delivering them more than what they expect um and that comes down to price uh, that comes down to experience that comes down to service everything you know big things live in little things um and i think yeah tony summed that up well you know it, if you if all you do is you have customers it's not enough you know it's mm. not enough to get serious of world class but it's probably not enough to have a business that. You know, is thriving. We're about to talk about systems and processes and mindset and all that sort of stuff, you know, that all leads to having
1: raving fans. Absolutely. Those those fantastic conversations I've just got written down on, on my pad. I don't know whether it was Tony that, that said it. I think it no, might been new. But um, as part of that conversation, fantastic questioning, but then when making your point on whatever, um, always try and relate it back to which means what. So this is what this is what I'm saying and it means this. Um, to you to, to try and apply that back um, to clients so a massive thank you once again um, to both Tony and Sally for joining us the final episode that we are going to talk about Sam um, is a man who has talked about a lot on this podcast um, he's had two appearances within six months um, we must like him um, he is definitely not a Geordie though by the way <laughs> um, I'll give so our sincere apologies take- yeah, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Apologies. Um, let's hope he doesn't listen because I'd rather he was after you than me. But, um, John Paul's first episode that we recorded at the end of June had a massive impact on me. Um, he talked, and I thought it was going to be all process, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do, like very structured. Um, but again, like Tony and Sally, a man who is very, very knowledgeable and very, um, it brings all that energy to every conversation that that you have with him. The first thing he said, um, you can train your body and your mind to do pretty much anything. And I just think that is so powerful. And going back to my running analogy, it's one of the things that I was thinking, um, when I was running yesterday to try and set a new PB is that you, it's mind over matter. You can tell your body to do it. You can train your body and your mind to do, to do anything. So, um, i've taken that and applied it and you know this isn't blowing smoke up jp's ass or anything like that but it's something that i think about if not every day every other day because it's so powerful yeah there's a uh like
0: mental guy um but in a reasonably positive way called david goggins and he sort of says that uh when when your brain's telling you that you're done you're about 40 percent done um now whether that's the right number or not i'm not sure because imagine you're 80% done and you think it's 40, you could push yourself a little bit farther and that might end up being a little bit dangerous. But the the point is nobody, like we all live, even when we're uncomfortable, we're still within that comfort zone. And you don't really ever know that you can sort of test yourself moving forward. And I think you're right. Um, That's why coming back to um, what you said before about what Michael said about setting those big hairy audacious goals is you've got to, like people call them stretch goals, you know, you've got to be able to uh, move past what you might deem as even uncomfortable. You know, I was uh, reading, uh, there's a comedian called Kevin Hart and I was reading his book last week. Um, and he says in there that he's like, he's not that I'm, uh, I, I used to think that I was, I, I didn't want to be comfortable. And now he's like, I'm actually uncomfortable with feeling comfortable because uh, the moment I end up feeling, it's like, this isn't for everybody. He's like, but the moment I feel like that, then I'm going to make, easy choices within my career, which isn't going to challenge me as an actor or a comedian. Um, it isn't going to like uh, help me parent my kids anymore because if I'm comfortable with them, they're going to get a sense of comfort with me, which means that they'll end up pushing boundaries and they might develop habits that we don't want them to and everything like that. So you do need to consistently train, you know, what's up here, um, your legs, your arms, your shoulders, your brain, everything to, to fall into whatever life that you sort of want to build for yourself as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Growth occurs outside the comfort zone, right? That's that's it. Whether it be personal growth or whatever, you've got to push yourself outside of the comfort zone to grow. Um, We talk about we have after our um, Tuesday podcast when we, we we normally record Tuesday morning, put out Tuesday night from the previous week or what have you. But after those, we have a team meeting where we talk all about personal growth, and the team actually have now started. Um, saying things like that about going outside the comfort zone which is fantastic for me because I know that when they start doing it that's when to go back to Sally's when you really start to get a place you really start to build a good business and we talk regularly about the founder of Spanx so she was on mm-hmm. the Tony Robbins pod- podcast I don't know if you've listened to it but it is a fantastic episode um, and she talks about when she feels herself feeling comfortable she'll go into a lift wait for a stranger to go into the lift and just sing at the top of her voice just to feel uncomfortable um, to, to push yourself to go out into that um, growth zone. So a really funny, um, practical way of, um, of going outside your comfort zone. But I thought it was a really good demonstration of how you can grow and having that mindset in everything you do to get outside your comfort zone is you know, key, to, key to growing. Um, yeah, and it's a really easy the- thing to
0: say that. You know, get outside your comfort zone, you'll grow. And people like that's it's a scary thing to do to take that almost like first like that scene in uh, indiana jones in the last Crusade, where he's got to take a leap of faith right and he's like oh, and he steps out and suddenly he feels the invisible floor underneath him you know and he's like yeah. okay cool and then the rest of it gets easier and easier because he just walks across and he sees the path that first step actually getting outside your comfort zone whatever your comfort zone looks like is the hardest bit you know we were talking the other day about doing some ridiculous challenge in the new year you know and you were like <laughs> man i've got I've got two kids and you've got a kid. Uh, Is this even going to be possible? And naively, I'm sure I'm like, yeah, we fuck do this. Come on. Um, (laughs) Will it be possible? I don't know, but I'm certainly going to have a crack at it. Um, But it it will be that first day of being like, okay, I'm in this now. Is going to be a hell of a lot harder Mm. than the second day. It's going to be a hell of a lot harder than day 60 or whatever it might be. So, yeah, don't, don't think that you're alone if you're listening to this and you're like, man, it's hard to get out of my comfort zone you know, um, because it is hard and everyone goes through the same sort of stuff. You've just got to take the first small step out of it, you know, and then the next step will be a little bit bigger and then it'll be a little bit bigger from there. And it's not a race, you know, no one's judging you, you do what you're going to do for you.
1: And it becomes, it becomes very, once you've done it once or done it, you know, three or four times, it then becomes very natural. And um, those big audacious goals start to move into sight. Because you've you've done something that you've never done before. There's a saying, isn't there, that I'm gonna mess up here. But to get somewhere you've never been, you've got to do things that you've never done before. Something along along those lines. I think that's really really powerful. Um the other thing that I took from JP's um first podcast, and I've not been doing it recently, but I feel like um the end of the year has has been coming for a long time for me. Um, but is the 5 a.m. club. So I've not made the five a.m. club, but um for a number of months i was setting my alarm at half five getting up and um doing the completely undisturbed work on the business before anyone else woke up at at seven o'clock and i took that and we'll be continuing or maybe getting back to that these 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 chats are great for reminding ourselves what we did and what we what we've not continued to do so getting back to that in the new year set the alarm get up early get cracking and by the time you come into work you've already achieved you know, more than you would have done probably in the first two hours with all the distractions. So really um, practical example that if you haven't, and if you say to people, oh, I'm not a morning person, then actually JP's point, earlier point of, you can train your body and mind to do anything um, will reign through. I found it really effective. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think
0: he makes that point, like you can only be uh, whatever you want to be if you're trained to be it. You know, So yeah. whether that's reading, whether that's running, um, whether that's uh, writing down the questions that you want to ask people. So it's not interrogation and actually practicing them and role playing through them. You've got to be able to figure out what that looks like um, and then go for it. You know, um, it's interesting. You talk about 5am club and working on those businesses, like everything in the morning, you know, I think he mentioned something along the lines of the, the first few hours of your day should be all yours. You know, it's more, he, he, he said it was more important than prospecting within your business is to actually work on training yourself and learning and developing yourself um so I, I, and again you think it's, it's obvious when you hear it you know um mm. on the days that i get up and go for a bike ride or go for a run i have better days than the days that i don't um because Absolutely. everything's working a little bit better like chemically biologically you are more set up for a better day ahead and i know that there might be some people that are listening to this and they're like well guys this isn't really hugely related to a state agency but it is you know, your energy would dictate mm-hmm. your results. Um, so manage that and cultivate that better and you'll manage and cultivate better results long term. And I think that was one of the overarching themes of that first chat with JP. It was certainly different to everything that I thought we were going to originally talk about.
1: Yeah, I agree. You really talked about um, not just having that in yourself and having all those growth aspirations in yourself as well, but um, feeding it down to your team. And I thought the way he spoke about his team and um, their personal development and the journey that he's got his team on was really, really powerful. Um, He talked about giving them individual learning plans, getting them to buy in um, to this growth, um, because ultimately your people are your your best asset. They are the very best of, you know, very, very best parts of of, of your business. And I'm sure, because I remember that you love this, you want to talk about, and people being like flowers, don't you? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I mean, that's the thing—you you put them in the sun, you water them, they grow, right?
1: Yeah. Um, weirdly,
0: yeah, it's, it's interesting that we're talking about this this morning because I saw an amazing shot to my like uh, families, like from the countryside in Queensland. So there's like this mountain range called the Great Dividing Range that runs down like the eastern side of Australia. And um, one side of my family's from like brisbane the other one's from warwick and i saw this great photo this morning of of uh there's like sunflower seeds in warwick and it's like this is the image that you want to see to end 2020 and it's like acres like miles of sunflowers like two meters tall all just looking at the sun with the mountains in the background you know and it is exactly that like they get the right conditions not all all year round but despite whatever happened through this year they still got some sunshine they still got some water and they came out of it you know, growth, um, you know, bright, really rock and roll. And I think um, maybe that's an analogy too far for some people listening to this, but it's true. Regardless of whatever (laughs) happens in the world, if you focus on yourself and you can do the right things for yourself, you can put the right stuff in, you'll get the right stuff out.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, people are like flowers. If you think about it, it's so so true. He talked about um, you'll never lose anyone because you've invested too much in them. Um, it's really, it's really really powerful, um, powerful powerful stuff. Um, yeah. So I took an awful lot out of out of that episode, Sam. I also want before we wrap up to talk about um, some other fantastic episodes that we had that didn't um, make it onto um, our, our wrap. And I don't think we did this last year, so we've got a couple of names on here that we're going to talk about um, very much in the in the early days. But we've now been doing this consistently. I think this is going to be episode. 77 something like that I'm not I'm not too sure maybe 79 um, but we talked already about Michael Bailey Stephen Brown was fantastic when he came on I actually did we record that in London oh, back in the days we could travel um and I take a lot out of Stephen's podcast now that he's been doing with his his lunchtime learning it's fantastic listen um if anyone hasn't um listened to that and he's another one who just has fantastic questions they can fire at you um and you know One of the nicest guys in in real estate, no doubt. Um, Jerry Lyons, he reckons he's got the best hair in real estate. I'm not too sure about that. But um, Jerry talked about, and I think he's been on twice this year, actually, as well. um, But he talked about the power of community. And he talked about something on that episode that we've implemented into our business, which was um, buy one, give one, and giving back and building giving into your business as part of the core culture. We've implemented that. Um, and all the team are, are on board with that. So that's a couple of episodes that that I wanted to mention. Let's say thank you to all of our guests, but is there, is there some other episodes that you, that you want to talk about, mate?
0: I think um, from a personal perspective, uh, we were joined by some like really good, genuinely practising agents this year. So we've mentioned Michael mm-hmm. Bailey already. Um, Rob Brady uh, came on, gave us some real insight into... Um, what it takes to be just like a consistently top performing letting agent. And we yeah. had Adam Horton come on and told us, he was really honest and talked us through the mistakes that he made round one of Hortons uh, and how he actually applied yeah. those into round two. And they're absolutely flying now. Um, you yeah. Know, Perry came on and walked us through his, his philosophies. And I think he's had his best year ever in a year that, you know, people may look back on as one that was tougher than others. Um, we spoke to Richard Rawlings. He gave us some amazing. Just content on how to raise your fees and be proud of charging a high fee as well. You know, Chris Watkin came on and talked us through video again. If you're not doing video, sure. think twice about how much money you actually want to make in this business. Um, because yeah. uh, one, I, I have a question that sits in front of me uh, and has done since probably July, and it's what will real estate look like in 2030? It's on a like now fading pink posted note, right? But that question is what drives me every single day. And the first yeah. answer, we, we did a session with our entire team with this on Monday to sort of wrap the year up. Um, we're like, we've got nine years left to think about this question, guys. You know, <laughs> um, But one, one of the first things is everything will be video-centric. You know? yeah. Not just marketing and advertising, but genuinely everything. Um, so you've got to be thinking about that moving forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you, you mentioned some of the... You know, contractually obliged people that we have to mention every second episode as well. There, so it has been. <laughs> it has been a a. It's been a long year. Put it that way. Um, I'm very much looking forward to a break as well. Um, and to to everybody that we've spoken to through, I think we've managed to do, uh, almost a podcast every single week this week. And We haven't always had a guest, uh, but I think there's only been four or five that you and I have done solo, including this one. So to the people that give up their early mornings on a Tuesday to sit down and have a chat with us about what they would consider to be their life's work, we are like exceptionally grateful. Um, And every week we get more and more listeners and it's because of the guests that we have on this show, not just the three that we've gone over today. Um, So yeah, to those that have come in the past, to all the people that will sit down and talk about world-class real estate with us in the future, thank you very much
1: yeah i couldn't I couldn't you know agree more We're very very grateful for everyone giving up the time. I think what all of these people that come onto the show and talk about and all the people particularly that we've mentioned today have in common is they are willing to share they're willing to share their ideas they're willing to share their best practice um, and that doesn't mean that you know one of their competitors isn't going to listen to their ideas and, and try and steal them, but it's they're constantly on this um, growth journey to always be improving so um a massive thank you we're we're very grateful and massive thank you to you sam for for joining us i actually don't i'm not sure we've actually missed an episode this year um so we are we talk about consistency all the time on this show and one of the big things that we've got a lot of benefit from is the consistency of, of doing this and i've seen it from personal on the podcast and seen it seen it from growth so um from us, a massive thank you to, to everyone. Merry Christmas. You know that we do this because we, we love our industry. Please rate, review, and share us. Um, all the best um, for next year. And we will see you on, I think it's Tuesday the 5th of January, is it? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday the 5th, we will have an episode um, coming, out, coming out. So thank you very much. We'll see you again next year.